Hello and welcome to the Fitness Fixated podcast with me, your host, John Clark. I'm joined on the line today with professional basketball player, Colin Singh. Hello, Colin. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm good. So it's a bit of a long distance call, Colin. Do you want to tell everyone where you are right now? Yeah, I'm in Fijera, the United Arab Emirates. Oh, nice, mate. How's it, the weather and lockdown and everything over there? It's getting a bit hotter now. It's, I think it's 40 degrees today, so... Nice, nice. Any plans to come back to the UK? Yeah, I plan to come back in the summer for the summer holidays because I'm working as a teacher now. So hopefully it all goes well. I can get a flight out of here and come home and see everyone. Yeah, that'd be nice, man. So Colin, for people who might not be familiar with who you are, can you just tell us a little bit of your background and like your history of you and your pro basketball career, please? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm an ex-professional basketball player, now PE teacher. Um, I played football up until the age of 15, but I stopped because of the weather in Liverpool and they always put me as a centre-back because of my height. How tall are you? Can we just ask? Sorry to cut in. Yes, no problem. I'm six foot seven. Six foot, that's big, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I started playing basketball for Toxic Tigers when I was around 15 at Liverpool Basketball Club. Um, done that for a couple of years and got the opportunity to go to a prep school in North Carolina for two years. It didn't work out. I was in a bad situation, so I come back to Liverpool. Um, I was in Liverpool for a year where I played for Sefton Stars and had a part-time job in Sports Direct. But between those, the summers, I played for GB under-20s. So I played for them for two years. We went to Bulgaria one year and Macedonia in the Euros. And I co-captained in my second year. After that, nice one. After (laughs) that, um, I went to Essex Pirates because the head coach of the GB20s opened his own franchise down in Essex. So we went down there and uh, I wanted to progress into university and my education. But because I left in, I think it was at the start of my A-levels, I left that because it was it all happened so quick. I, I didn't have any credits to go to university, so I done an access course to business down in Essex College, and then the year after we we managed to get a scholarship, an athletic scholarship to the University of East London. But after two years being down there, uh, the team folded because of financial issues, so I had to find a new team, and that's where I found Sheffield, and I played there for the rest of my career. I was there for six years, and I finished my undergraduate. And I've done a PGCE as well. And now I'm a teacher. That was Sheffield Sharks, wasn't it? Yeah, Sheffield Sharks. Yeah, Yeah, they're quite a good team. I remember when I used to go and watch um, UK Professional Basketball League. They they were a decent side. It was like Manchester Giants, Sheffield Sharks, London Towers. They were like all all the big kind of names. Yeah, I think when when I was there, obviously over the years, they used to talk about the big rivalries between Manchester, um, London and Birmingham, I think was a big team back in the day. Um, so just going back to talk about some of the stuff you were saying earlier on. Um, so you said that you went to North Carolina um, University, was it? No, or, it was or a college school. All right, so was I wasn't it? sure if that's where Mike, because Michael Jordan went there, didn't he? So I was like, oh, following in his footsteps. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish. Yeah. Um, no, that's a, that's a top, top school, that. But yeah. prep school is basically in between high school and actual college. So a lot of... Uh, students that go to prep school need a few more credits to go to university or a lot of them have been mixed up in gangs and just 
just different circumstances where they have to go to prep school before. Is it, is it kind of like on uh, Last Chance You? Have you ever seen that for the American football? I, I haven't seen that. No. Um, but it, I think it just gives... if Because what most basketball players want out there is, is a scholarship because it's so expensive to go to college over there. So they want a free ride and they obviously love basketball. So it's an easy way in. So they might defer a year or two and go to prep school trying to try and get a scholarship or to try and get a better scholarship to a better school. So that's the whole reason and behind being a student. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. I'm surprised as well when you went to university in the UK, they didn't offer you a scholarship for being professional in your sport. Because I know uh, a lad who went to my uni in, on the basketball team, like he didn't, he was nowhere near probably your level, but he he played for Great Britain once, and because of that, he got a scholarship, and he only played one game. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, no, we did get a scholarship. It, um, I went to the college. I had to do an access course, um, but then after that, we did get an athletic scholarship to University of East London. Oh, that's um, good. And then and then going to Sheffield, I went to Sheffield Hallam, and they continued with the scholarship there. So that was that was brilliant, actually. Looking back. So can we talk about um, the difference really in UK basketball scene and then the American basketball scene? Because you've kind of seen both sides. Is it like totally next level in America? Did you feel out of your depth or could you hold your own? What was it like? Because um, I was just fresh, really. I, I didn't have that much experience in terms of playing because I went over when I was 17. I started when I was started playing basketball when I was 15. So it's two, two years, two and a half years. Um, but generally, the competition level over there is just on on a completely different level compared to the UK. Um, everyone's out there to try and beat you up um, and try and basically, if if they see you as a threat, they want to take they want to take it from you and they want your scholarship. But generally, if you go down to a court down the street, people will more or less end up in, in, in a lot of fights a lot of the time because it's that competitive. Really, yeah? Yeah. But whereas um, if you go to, to somewhere in the UK, if you can find somewhere to play, because in Liverpool, I can only think of one place to play, um, down the Caribbean Centre. And you're not going to get many locals down there. You probably get a lot of international students playing as well. So, But whereas in America, it's their sport, isn't it? And they, they love it. So... No, it's a, it's a good point. Like in the UK, definitely we're lacking the facilities for outdoor basketball. And I know our weather's not great, but me growing up as a kid, that used to really frustrate me. I was lucky enough to have a basketball net on my drive. But mm. other than that, going to Greenbank, I think we used to like jump into the, the university around there and play on their basketball court outside. There was no other courts around. There was, I think... Maybe if you went to like Witness, there was those horrible Adidas vandal proof nets. Do you remember them? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Just, the rims just didn't seem right on them. And it was like, you had to shoot like yeah. ugly shots to get it in. Yeah, and yeah. they were like 12 foot. Yeah, exactly. 12 well, foot doesn't matter for you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in terms of like the, say the colleges, they've just got way more money over in America. It's more of a professional business. They've got world-class facilities, You've got whole coaching staff, team physios, team doctors that are endorsed by major sporting brands. The, the, the students even get food cards as well. So they've got un, unlimited amounts of free food at the, the cafeterias, just little things like that. It, whereas in the UK, playing obviously for 
UEL and Sheffield Hallam, you practice once a week and have a game once a week. It's more of a social scene. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous, isn't it? Like what you're saying, one of my friends actually went to America as well on a scholarship for basketball from Spain. And he was telling me that like, if you need to gain weight or you need to like lose weight or whether they give you a card and then when you go to the canteen at lunch, like the food's done for you, like on, you know, what you should be having. Um, and he was also like saying as well, like, yeah, they get their trainers and stuff and kit and everything for free. It's just, yeah, totally different. And in the universities over here, you're lucky if you get anything for free. I think we all, from the basketball and the, the rugby team I play for in uni, you have to throw in money to like buy your own kits and stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that's that's exactly what it's... It's still like that now. Yeah. Would you say that the, the people over there, you saying that they were after your scholarship and it was very cutthroat, did you, did you find it hard to make friends when you're over there? Um, um, or did you get on with your teammates or what? I think... The whole environment I was in was pretty negative and a pretty bad. Like all the all the students come from like rough backgrounds, you know, um, troubled families. So they were already generally just troubled r- without yeah. basketball. Um, but they used to see me as a foreigner, you know, <laughs> coming over there and 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 literally, yeah, like you said, just trying to take their take their spot, I guess, on, on another team. So it was hard at first, and obviously there's a lot of cultural differences. And also the school that I was in was in between two ghettos. And obviously being from the UK, we don't hear gunshots at night or see guns. And that was the f- that's the first time I heard gunshots in the night. And it was like, you know... Yeah, it's not a nice feeling to be worried about that. <laughs> no, not, not at all. Um, I remember going. We had a tournament with this team, with this uh, school that I was in North Carolina, and we were driving in. I think it was Philadelphia, and it was in broad daylight, going around the corner. And this guy had a, a, a strap, you know, his gun, and I obviously tied to his waist. And I was thinking, and I was saying to all the all the lads on the bus, it's like he's got a gun there, and they were just all like just listening to the music, like it was nothing. You're not bothered, yeah not bothered and I'm there just sweating you know like thinking if he snaps he could just kill all of us but uh, thankfully that didn't happen it's crazy everyone knows America really needs to rethink its gun policy with all the school and university shootings that go on I think in Texas you can walk around the university with like weapons and concealed weapons and everything it's like ridiculous isn't it (laughs) it's crazy you know that's a that's a whole different issue that we're not going to get into on this podcast yeah yeah true (laughs) (laughs) So would you say if anyone in the UK from your experience had any hopes on being a professional basketball at NBA level, just forget about it? Because unless you've had that American schooling or do you know people in the UK maybe who potentially had the opportunity to make it big time um, as a professional basketball in America? What, what's your thoughts? No, you can definitely, you've, you've got to have a bit of luck behind you, but you've got to obviously work hard, pay attention to detail, listen but you gotta. You, I think you have to know certain people being from the UK to, to get in, unless you're really lucky and you just you know everything just falls into your lap. But I think looking back, I took the right choice in terms of having a plan B and being a bit more realistic. And and that that was just my education. Uh, so I think I don't want to sound negative or anything, but. 
people in the UK, if you're going to stay in the UK and play basketball, you, your chances of getting to the NBA and playing in the NBA are very, very slim. So you can't put all your eggs in the, into the one basket. But if you, you know, you get out of the UK system and go to America or go to these big academies in Europe with more exposure and you're going to obviously get a lot better. Did you never, um, maybe if you knew you wouldn't make it in America, but did you ever think like in other countries such as Spain, basketball is much bigger in the UK. Did, did you ever think about like maybe going to Europe to play at all or anything? I did. I think it did cross my mind, but once I took that university degree and it was getting paid for me, I think of I sort of let that go and continue with education and just playing in the UK. I don't blame you. It's like it's the smart move, and that's probably where a lot of the Americans like when you see these like college um, shows on the likes of Netflix, they put all their eggs in the basket of going pro, and if that doesn't happen, what are they left with? Where your best to etch your bets almost and make exactly. sure your education because even if you get injured what do you then what are you left with as well isn't it that's the thing i seen one guy um who's playing in a top league in europe now who who was with essex with but he come down and it takes a split second to come down on a guy's ankle getting a rebound and he snapped his ankle so and he was out and i thought whoa you know that only just literally took a split second and that could just end your career so that's why i just thought i need to continue with doing my education because that could just happen to me and i've had a few injuries as well throughout my career so so when you were over there did you see anything like where players get injured and because it's taken much more seriously in america where they would do things like give them cortisone shots and like you know to play through the pain and all that like where you were playing was college like or whatever it is there like the prep school is is basketball like massive like you, you see in some like small towns in america and stuff like the high school and um the college basketball is bigger than like the nba following and you know the, the the numbers they get in is ridiculous yeah i didn't see any of the, any of the quarters on shots or anything like that because ours was quite a small school and it was out in the sticks like there was cotton fields all around. There was, you know, but yeah, and I, I suppose that's just the the way it, the way it, the system is. People just want to, you know, get to the next level. The the students, the the athletes, they just want to get to that standard of the NBA or the NFL because they're all the top leagues in in the world. Um, and it's that's where a lot of athletes put all the eggs into one basket. And realistically, of them making, you know, the top leagues are very slim. And this is where you hear a, a lot of sad stories about people going off the rails, taking drugs, drinking, and trying to go back to school, but they can't. And, you, you know, it's just a downward spiral. So you said your school was in like a like an area of low economic kind of value and stuff. There was a lot of like drugs and stuff going on that you found like your teammates were getting involved in or? Yeah, well, n- not in getting involved. I think they was some of them were obviously like taking drugs like smoking weed and stuff but I don't think they were on anything harder than that yeah I just think they had a, a lot of mental issues yeah fair um, enough yeah so never if even if people were, were listening to this now and their their best hope was they wanted to play pro in the UK that would be enough for them and just play to that level what kind of tips can you pass on 
that you found really helped you improve your game and or maybe get noticed and stuff like that to be able to play for the country and stuff? Yeah, you just got to work hard, look after your body. Um, like I said, pay attention to detail. So listen to your coaches and do exactly what they say. But that's it, just having the right attitude. Um, always being polite and being professional. You know, just being a, a nice person can get you quite far. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. That's a good rule for life. But what about actually physically? So like this is just from my own experience with basketball. I would always be terrible at, with my left hand. I was dominating my right. So I used to try and really work on you know shooting with my left and making sure I shot with my left, you know, so I couldn't get as blocked as easy and things like that. Is like certain areas maybe of the game that you found, like were you out every day skipping to improve your jump and doing jump programs? Are you doing like weights? in the gym to beef up because you're a tall guy you know you don't want to be like out muscled on the pitch like is there any any things like that that you've done that you can tell us about no definitely I was I was heavily heavily into the gym and um, that's all thanks to your friend Simon actually you started me coming down going to his gym or going to the David Lloyd when he used to work there and getting me to train my body and my muscles and because obviously in basketball these guys are strong and the big guys you've got to you know match them or be better in some way maybe whether that's being faster or or stronger than someone or you know developing your athleticism to jump higher because obviously that's needed in basketball so since then i haven't really um left the gym to be honest i've always worked on myself so it's become like a life lifelong habit i hope <laughs> but it, I can I've seen a massive improvement going to the gym, especially in the off season, getting ready for pre season where everyone's all lethargic, you know, getting back into shape. And there's a lot of years where I was already in shape for pre season, so it gives it, it gave me a, a head start over everyone else. Yeah, definitely. I think with tall people, usually all the tall people I know, they were really like bean pole skinny, and I used to think if they had <laughs> if they had a bit of muscle on they'd be a force to be reckoned with, you know. You think of, like, someone like Shaq, who's tall and massive as well. Yeah. Yeah, he just dominates, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, I think that's just down to genetics, though. You just, there's there's a few people like that in the world, you know what I mean? When you're yeah. that big and you can catch a ball, I mean, you, you're in the NBA. Yeah, well, have you been watching um, that Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Chance? If you got the last dance. Sorry, yeah. the last the last dance. Yeah, um, well, he started lifting weights, and Dennis Rodman and everyone didn't they? Because they were getting out muscled. So, like, it shows you though. Yeah, even when you're at the top show. level, you need to work on your gym game as well. Yeah, and I, I noticed like a lot of little exercises help massively. So you might think that like oh the women exercise the girl exercise with bands and stuff and doing hip thrusts and that but them little exercises help massively. I, spe- I had an injury with my shoulder and doing all little rotator cuffs and small movements helped me um, a lot throughout the season. No, yeah, you're right. We've said this on a previous podcast. Like some of these exercises where some lads would dismiss them as total women's exercises and you know I don't want to be seen doing those you know they're really good actually for working on those weaknesses Um I can totally agree with you like or putting the bands around your, your, your knees and doing glute stuff I'm, I'm like a big fan of that and and um all your mobility work and agility stuff plyometrics I imagine would be big for basketball as well were you doing plyometric work a lot of that um 
jumping onto boxes and all that tempo stuff as well. So going down slow and then exploding up. Yeah. Or all helping, you know, the way basketball is played, just explosive movements. So I've done done a lot of um a lot of that in the gym. But then on the courts obviously you shooting, practicing your form, um, dribbling, trying to get your, your weaker hands stronger. It's just yeah, you just gotta work on on your weaknesses, I guess. When you're in America, did they give you specific weight programs to go and do? Do they provide like training programs for you? In America, no, no, no. Do you'd be surprised actually? Because mine was a prep school in a proper like high school or a, or a proper even a proper prep school. I was just in a very bad one, but I thought at the time I was seventeen. I just thought, oh, this is America. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the colleges, they they'd be on it. They'd be watching what you eat and, um, well, trying to watch what you eat because I've been around so many basketball players who we can just eat anything to be honest. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you're tall and you get away with it. Yeah, yeah, and you're just practicing every day, running up and down, so it doesn't really touch you. But I have noticed, like, a couple of years back in the David Lloyd, they were giving um, the Everton Tigers, I don't know if that team was around, you were over here when the Everton Tigers were going. Um, yeah, 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 I remember Some that. money was getting thrown into them. They got free David Lloyd um, passes and stuff, because I, I went in a couple of times with them, and they used to get some training as well in there they had like a strength and conditioning guy come and work with them so I think in the UK we are slowly moving towards the sports science stuff with the athletes but still miles behind yeah definitely that's what happened with um in Sheffield we should have guys on um master's courses and for a bit of experience they'd come in and work with the team and show them all like the mobility the rehab stuff and we'd actually work with them and the, the, the Sharks would give them allocated times in terms of working with a few players or a whole team exercises and stuff. So definitely it's it's um, it's getting through to the, just generally all over the um, yeah. sport and industry in, in, in England, so. Yeah, because we are just years behind other countries. It's like with the Olympics, um, when that was in London, when we actually were given the facilities because it was being held in the UK, we we got so many gold medals that year and we did really well because people actually gave like a damn about the sports. And then as soon as that was over, they took all those facilities away again and we're back to being rubbish. But it shows you how we could have the potential to be actually pretty good at sports, but there's no emphasis on that at all, except for, you know, football, really. Yeah, and it all comes down to money and funding, doesn't it? Yeah. So you're saying you're still into the gym now, but have you hung up your basketball boots for good or do you still play for fun? Uh, well, last year, because it's last Ramadan, I played in a, a Ramadan tournament. Um, it was just like a local league here. Um, we won. But then the organiser of that asked me to come down to a professional team's practice. So... It was I think it was in November time, two thousand nineteen. So I went down and practiced a few times with the team, and obviously the season had to finish early because of this virus. But the captain has asked me to play next year, so it's all we don't know if the the season's going to happen or not. But 
you know, it's a step in the right direction to play for play again next year, hopefully. But if if that doesn't come off, then I I probably will play recreationally. So, do you think like somewhere over like in the Middle East where you are, because they've got a lot of money and stuff, they would start to maybe start a professional kind of league where you you get paid and stuff. And do you think that would ever happen over there? There is a professional league here, um, basketball league, but what they do is. They bring in two imports because they're allowed two import players, so and they're generally American players. Um, and then they'll have as many residents as they want, I think. But on the court at one time can only be one resident, or well, two out of the residents and imports on the court at one time. The rest of the the players on the court will be locals. Um, so that's how it works. So they bring two imports in. If they've got any residents, they'll play, but. On the court at one time can only be one of the imports or both of the imports or you know two of the imports or their residents can play so three other players will be locals what's their standard um, like over there is it worse than the uk or better uh, no it's it's lower it's lower yeah. than the uk yeah so you must yeah. be dominating them you must be loving it i mean it's the practices what i've you know been in, involved in aren't as intense uh, and just generally because of the the situation I guess with the eligibility of who plays and how much they play um, brings it down a level as well but in saying that the Americans that do come in are you know some of them have apparently have been ex-NBA professionals so because they've got that money here they can just dish it out to them but obviously, there's five players on the team, so doesn't mean that the you know the world class they're a world class team because they've got one ex NBA player. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. So, um, who is out of all the NBA players and everyone, like all the the big names? Do you have a, a favorite basketball player? You're Jordan or LeBron or who who was your idol? Um, well, I don't really follow basketball like the NBA and that. But when I first started to play. I used to watch a lot of Vince Carter because I wanted to be able to dunk when I first started to play, like any basketball player. Yeah. Um, so obviously I remember the 2000 NBA slam dunk contest and I remember when he, can you remember when he jumped over the Greek guy? I think he was like seven foot in the Olympics. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of playing, I, I suppose I, I wanted to be like him. I wanted to dunk the ball. Um, but He's good. He put Raptors terms, on the map, didn't he, really? Yeah, yeah, though, yeah. Um, but other than that, in terms of players and NBA players, I don't really follow. I just watch a few highlights here and there. But even when you were a kid, you weren't into following it then, no? No, no. I only, like I said, I only started really following it um, when I was when I started to play. Other than that, I just played football really, or went to David Lloyd with me mate and played squash and basketball and stuff. So. Yeah, I didn't really follow it then. Oh, that's fair enough, yeah. I was the, the opposite. Like, I was mad into it. Basketball didn't really like football that much. Um, but yeah, I hadn't, had no chance of ever getting to the level even you did, let alone the NBA, uh, and I knew it. But the same aspirations of trying to dunk. That never really came <laughs> off either. I could get yeah. up, I could I could dunk it with a, like a tennis ball or something because I couldn't palm the ball. I could jump up and like hang off the rim, but I couldn't get the the ball right over the like the the the, the rim with my hand over it because I couldn't palm it properly. Uh, 
You, you and Sai having battles. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think there's any contest there. I think Sai will battle me. Do you know Sweeney as well? Oh, yeah, yeah Sweeney, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Sweeney and Sai, I used to think they were like NBA level when I was a kid. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Sweeney could shoot. Yeah, I know. Good ball players, good ball players, definitely. Um, so, Ryan, when you're training now, I ask everyone this. This is kind of off topic. But do you have like a favorite song when you're in the gym that gets you fired up, or maybe before a basketball game that like really gets your juices flowing, gets you gets you psyched up, ready for the game or for a big gym session? Um, I don't really have a, a, a specific song, but I just really enjoy listening to old school garage music, UK house, UK garage music. So I'd I'd listen to that before the game. Spending too much time down south if you're into all the garage. That's not really big in, in Liverpool, is it? I know, it was my sister's fault as well. Yeah. And um, again, another question to everyone. Do you have a favourite, like, cheap meal? Oh, cheap meal. Yeah. Mm. I haven't got a f- favourite cheap meal. I just like all kinds of food, to be honest. Uh, probably a burger. A nice five guys or something. Yeah. Yeah. And um, what would you say was, like, your biggest mistakes that you would say to other aspiring professional players don't do that to be honest I'm not I'm not like perfect but I don't think I can think of it <laughs> so like for me again like I know loads of stuff with basketball that I could have done to be better like uh, I used to like just I used to just want to go to practices and play games and never wanted like to learn plays and do all that kind of stuff and I probably didn't work on all the the fundamentals properly are and one. Do you remember and one? That was big at the yeah. time. And you used to <laughs> want to try and copy all like the fancy moves of that rather than just working on the basics week in, week out. I remember the, a lot of coaches saying, stop dribbling. That's what I remember. Um, Would that be for your it, position and your, and your height? Uh, no, just because I'll be dribbling for no reason. If you're going to dribble... Do something positive with the ball. Don't just stand there and dribble the ball. If you catch it on the wing, don't just dribble for the sake of it. You know, because the defense can play easier because you've got the you're already dribbling the ball. But if you're obviously in a triple threat position, you don't know whether you're going to shoot, drive, pass the ball. So um, don't dribble the ball if it's not needed. Yeah, I guess. Now that's a yeah. good tip. These are the kind of things. Again, that hopefully people will take away and listen to. Can you think of any more? Communication's a big one. You gotta, you gotta keep on talking. Even, even what, even if you're just calling someone's name. Um, sorry, this is for don't do, isn't it? <laughs> no, no, any, just no, not don't do. That we said that, but any, any tips you've got that's good. So what yeah. you're saying, like even when you're just calling people's name, how do you feel about this? Like me and um, my missus actually talking about it, watching that Jordan documentary how he used to, like, they say in practices, would really, like, belittle and shout at the other players and say, tell them off if they weren't pulling the weight kind of thing. Um, and I was saying to her, one thing I hated when I was playing basketball, or or any sport really, is is if you started to be having a bad game or messing up, when people on your team would start shouting at you because it would make you, like, drop your head and your confidence go even lower and one thing I was always trying to say to people if they made a mistake is just like, oh, shake it off, don't worry about it. You can make up for it to encourage them to try and play better. Like, how do you feel about that? It depends on who you are because a lot of people 
take things differently. So if you were, you know, for coaches shouting, they've got to be, they've, you've got to be a good man, man manager. So you've got to deal with, because everyone's different. So you've got to deal with him in a certain way, but you know you can shout at him because you'll get a good response out of him. So from that perspective, you just got to know who, you, who you're dealing with because some people can take it and then some, some people can't. Um, but I was like that. I, if someone would, you know, if my teammates would just moan at me or continue to say negative things to me, I would put my head down. Um, but then there'll be other players um, or coaching staff that would say, who who knew me and knew how to deal with me and just take me to one side and say, do it like this or, you know, something a bit more not negative. Um, and that would, I, I found like that, that helped me. And did you, you said you, you captain Great Britain, was it, you were captain for Great, Great Britain, was it? Yeah, in the yeah, under, yeah. Under, under 20s, I was in, in the second year, I think we played in Macedonia. I mean, uh, both years we didn't do very well. Yeah, as <laughs> expected know, but, for, for Great Britain, but still an achievement to play for your country. What I was going to say is, so when you were captain, obviously responsibility there, how did you like manage, what was your approach as, as a captain? How did you manage the players? Were you praise them lots or were you more like a drill sergeant with them how how did you do that um just like in game really trying to get a huddle on when when the ball was dead um just talk to individual players when when they needed to um yeah that's that's it really just trying to get the team together um when the ball was dead so everyone at that point was on the same page. We knew what play we were going to run next or, you know, what defence we were going to be in. So just, I suppose, the lead communicator, I guess. Oh, yeah. It's, it's hard. It's a tough one being being the captain sometimes, isn't it? Because uh, yeah, you've got I mean, to lead by example. Yeah, and lead by example. I suppose the coach at the time chose me for a reason. Um, so... I guess playing at that time, maybe I was leading by example more so with my actions. I'm not. I'm not too sure. I didn't really speak to him about that. But I know you're coaching PE um, right now in school. Sorry, I should say you're teaching PE right now. Did you never think about maybe coaching basketball instead? Get kind of similar, but maybe just sports specific and what your intro, what what you know really, your specialism. Yeah, I mean, I could always do that, but I suppose once you get your teaching, you can teach anywhere, but basketballs and, you know, the state of the like economy in, in Europe and stuff, it's, um, or even, even back home, can you get a full-time position as being a basketball coach? Um, yeah, you're right, probably not with, with any kind of decent money. I, exactly, so I just went down this route and obviously my subject specialism would be basketball so if there was a, a school team that I could coach or you know I'm, I'm work the way work my way around it that way because I've got a teaching certificate I can go anywhere in the world and do it it's good did you have to do like a TEFL course kind of thing to go over there or no I got me PGC in, in a, so I finished my undergraduate in sport coaching and then I got me PGC um, post 16 education Oh, and yeah. obviously, the schools over here, well, I work for the government schools, but the requirements are to have a PGC um, or bare minimum, uh, you know, a, 
at um, a bachelor's, an undergraduate. So, yeah. I imagine over there pays a lot better than it does for a PE, PE teacher back home as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a lot better to be honest. There's no tax. But it's more expensive to live over there, though, isn't it? There's yeah, kind of swings and roundabout. It is. It is more expensive, but. Uh, where I am currently is um, Fijera, which is like the long lost Emirates. <laughs> you know, yeah. I I speak to people in Dubai and I say, oh, I don't live here. I live in in Fijera, and then they don't know where Fijera is. So I'm I'm out on the other side of the country, and here it's quite cheap. Like for rent, it's very cheap because I work for the government. We don't get any any housing allowance, but if you're in a private school, you do get your housing allowance. So. If you have a housing allowance and you're getting your salary on top of that, you know, you're having, having a good lifestyle in Dubai if, you, if you're over that way. Yeah, definitely. You don't have to, all your money is your own to spend rather than having to pay it on utilities and stuff. Well, you still have to pay your utilities, but your rent is covered. You don't have to worry about paying out rent each month. Another thing I always ask people, Colin, is when they come on the show, so do you believe you were born with you know, great talent or you got to the level you did at basketball through hard work. So I know obviously you were born genetically pretty tall, so that does help. <laughs> but aside from that, do you think that even if you'd have been born you know, five foot ten, you could have still made it as a pro basketball player? I think anyone can play, you know, train hard with the right attitude. But I do think you have to have a, a gift or talent um, to to start with, to actually make it to a to in a decent level, um, and having both of them, having some talent and working hard, you're gonna progress a lot further than someone with, you know, just working hard. I guess. Um, so obviously in this game, height does help a lot. And if I was five ten, I'd probably be button. I, I don't think I'd be in this position to be honest. No. That's fair enough, and it's a quite quite truthful comment because I think a lot of people would like to would probably answer differently and like to say that yeah, no matter what, I'd make it because of my drive and work ethic. So, so bold of you to say. I mean, it's I mean you can. I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible, but you got to be realistic. You know what I mean? Like, how many other five ten players are you know? Like, but you look at the NBA and there's people, there's players like Spud Webb back in the day. Um, yeah, Muggsy Bogues. Yeah, like Alan Iverson. I don't think he was that tall. So you got you have got players in the you know, in the top league. But how many other players? How many thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of other players of, you know, wanting to do that as well? But when you're at a certain height, um, and you're working hard, then there's more of a chance to progress and play at a, a higher level. Yeah, it is It is a sad uh, truth about the game. Height height helps, isn't it? The, I don't know if you've seen, again, the documentary on Netflix about that Indian uh, guy trying to be the first like Indian NBA NBA player. And it was literally just, no, he was getting as far as he was just because he was so tall. Like he didn't have a, like a clue really, but it, just because he was so tall, they're like, yeah, we can get you an NBA contract. That's interesting. I can't remember what it's called. It might not even be on there anymore. But uh, I always watch all the the basketball documentaries and stuff. So it was interesting. Okay, I haven't yeah. never heard that one. 
Now, Colin, I'm sure you've got lots of funny stories from when you were playing basketball. Have you got any that you could tell us on the show today? The American point guard come over. It was pre-season. You know, everyone's getting to know each other. And he's brand new to the city of Sheffield and brand new to the UK. So the team give him a, a car to get to and from practice. Um, bearing in mind, Sheffield's a pretty tricky, tricky city to get around anyway, if you don't know it. He's used to an automatic car, driving on the opposite side of the road, used to wider roads and not used to roundabouts. And obviously, being in England, he's driving a manual car, driving on the other side on smaller roads and has to deal with all these roundabouts. So one morning, most of us are there at practice, getting ready, putting our shoes on, ready to train, ready to warm up. And he comes around the corner with a massive grin on his face and we were, we're all wondering why. So we ask him, and he says, oh, you English people are so friendly, but I didn't realise you were that, that friendly. And he's like, why? What happened? And he's like, every time I'm driving, everyone's throwing up peace signs, so I'm just throwing them back. But what he doesn't realise was that peace signs in America are completely different to peace signs in England. So everyone was just throwing up two fingers to him when he was driving around. So God knows what he was up to. Um, Colin, do you want to tell everyone or like your social media, uh, if they want to follow you, you know, reach out to you, maybe ask you any questions themselves. Um, if you don't want to, if you want to keep that private, you can, but I give people the chance to, um, to plug their Instagram. Yeah, I don't really post or anything, but you can contact me on that if you really want. <laughs> I think it's um, Colin underscore Sing 23. So C-O-L-I-N underscore S-I-N-G 23, 2-3. It's a 23 for Jordan. <laughs> well, it was my number playing for the Sharks for those six years, so I just left it on there. Yeah, they they let you have the twenty. Did they let you have the twenty three? No one was fight. Usually, everyone would fight over like twenty three, number nine, or like the thirty three. They were all like the the numbers that people wanted, number eight and stuff like that. Yeah, I, th- I don't think I had any issues with that. Maybe the I don't know. Maybe behind you know the management said, "Oh no, we've already got a player with that number, so you can't have it." But I, I never had any any issues with the number like so. did you used to get the customised uh, Nike shoes like I did with your number on and stuff <laughs> no they were too expensive mate you you must have been rolling in <laughs> no I wasn't <laughs> they weren't that they weren't that bad you're looking at another 50 quid bumped up there but now because as as basketball plays you're playing every day these trainers get chewed up like I know you're playing on, on wood and that but you're wearing them every day and you need at least two pairs a season. Well, I did two pairs a season. So, I mean, we weren't endorsed by any, like, we got a few, actually tell a lot, we did get a few uh, Nike trainers, I think one year. Um, but you're on your own, you got to buy your own, you know what I mean? So, yeah, no, fair enough. Do you ever remember those basketball shoes? Like they always used to be in the basketball magazine, never bought a pair, I was always half tempted to. And it was meant to add like six inches or something onto your jump. And <laughs> do you remember them? And they're like, they're like kind of like raised up at the front or raised up you, at the back and like you're meant to yeah, like walk around yeah. them and, and it was promised like they would make you dunk. Yeah, oh man, I can see the picture now. Oh, yeah. You definitely bought a pair of them. No, <laughs> I should have. In hindsight, I probably should have. But I, I think it, Simon did. Yeah, he probably would have, yeah, definitely. Yeah. He needed it, though. He's even smaller than me, so. Yeah. All right, Colin, well, I don't want to take up loads of your time, so I'd just like to 
thank you for coming on. Like personally, being a big basketball fan, this has been really interesting to me and been like a, a trip down memory lane talking about basketball. So I've really enjoyed having you on. Um, is there anything you wanted to add before we wrap this up? No, I just want to say thank you very much for asking me to come on and do a podcast. It's, I've never done this before, so I appreciate it. Thank you very much. No, it's great because I'm basically trying to get people from all different sporting backgrounds and even maybe if people weren't into basketball, they'd still find it interesting hearing about it and what it's like for a professional athlete in in that sport. Because I'll watch stuff on racing car drivers, like I say, American football players, whatever. Even though I have no interest in that sport, I still find it interesting. Yeah, you can take something away from it, can't you? Yeah, exactly. Just to know what it takes to be professional at any level, it's like a, it's like a big achievement. Like say, you, even if you never made it to the NBA, you've still done better than ninety percent of all the people you know I knew growing up playing basketball. They they were never even good enough to play for UK professional team. So it's still a big achievement. And quickly, guys, before we go, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fitness Fixated Podcast. And if you've got any people you'd like to hear on the podcast or ideas for guests. I'm always open to suggestions, so just drop me a DM. All right, Colin, well, thanks very much for coming on. Um, we'll leave it there. All right, thanks a lot, John.